You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, my friends. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host. And today, first off, I have to say um, it is quite a rainy day or has been a rainy day here in New York City. The city has been a little bit gloomy. Um, As far as I know, not the typical fall. At least last year, it was not raining as much as this, but I'm sure this is probably coming from the hurricane slash crazy storm down south so you know definitely prayers to those who do live down there I definitely have uh, some friends down in Florida so I actually texted my friend this morning and said you know despite not loving this weather because it makes me want to stay home and sleep in which to be transparent I did sleep in a bit this morning um I am grateful that it is not terribly bad, that it's just rain and, you know, a little bit of crazy wind, but it looks like by tomorrow, things are getting better. So I guess I will share that's my gratitude for the day. On today's episode, I am bringing on a very fun guest for you guys. Her name is Shirley, and she is the CEO of Mezcal Compante. And for those of you who do love some fun and quality crafted cocktails and different drinks, you definitely have to check out Mezcal Compante. And for those of you who have never tried Mezcal, um, definitely give it a try. If you like tequila, you will probably like Mezcal. I mean, I actually prefer vodka, and I mentioned this on the episode too. I prefer vodka over tequila. I know that's not as common of an answer, but you know, that's just how I am. And I'm looking at the alcohol I have in my home right now, which is very limited. I either have wine or I have Harridan Vodka, and the founder was on my podcast last year. And then, of course, I have Mezcal Compante. And being honest with you guys, we actually talk a lot more about just, quite frankly, life advice on this episode. But I do want to touch on the fact that I do love Mezcal, and the first time I ever tried it, was I think back in 2020 I went to a steakhouse in Orange County with a girlfriend and some of our friends and 
I think we had it as like a shot and you know it was one of those little classy little cups I, I don't know what I was doing but it was my first time trying and they had it with orange slices and cinnamon on one side of the orange slice and basically the cinnamon would be like facing down so it's like facing your tongue um so it's basically like a tequila shot but instead of lime long story short you guys uh, the reason why i share that is because since that day my alcohol taste has changed and so i've i actually have always been a fan of mezcal since that day and even if i do take a tequila shot i always ask for an orange slice and preferably yes with cinnamon um it goes down way smoother and it pairs fine with tequila. Um, I just, lime is too, it's like a little bit, it has a little bit of a bitter taste to it. That's just my opinion. If you don't believe me on the orange slice thing, give it a try and, you know, you might change your mind. Um, but especially with mezcal, um, you know, you are supposed to actually like sip it, but uh, I don't know why we were taking a shot at the time, but it was just one of those classy little celebration shots and tried it with an orange slice. My life has changed. All right, so a little bit about Shirley. She is the partner and CEO of Mezcal Compante and is a force to be reckoned with in the industry. From her marketing and entrepreneur experience, she has been on the board of several well-known brands such as 10 to 1 Rum. Formerly a tequila lover, she discovered mezcal and set out with her partners to create a mezcal that truly everyone can enjoy. In a world where urgency dominates, mezcal compante encourages consumers to be in the present moment and to love hard and sip slow. The essence of the word compante is reflected in all aspects of the brand and business. Translated from Spanish to a concept rather than a single word, it speaks of a person who is calm, unaffected by the noise of the surrounding world, and is focused on the now. P.S. That made me think of stoicism, which you guys know I practice and implement in my life. But anyways, this episode is full of, oh my gosh, a lot of wisdom, a lot of great nuggets. You will definitely enjoy this episode if you just love learning from other people and their experiences. Shirley has had a lot of great experience in her career, in business, in relationships. We do heavily talk about that today. So don't miss out on this. Let's get into it. Alrighty. Well, Shirley, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to get into your whole story. I read about a little bit on your background as a, you trained to be a professional ballerina. Is that I right? I did. I did. That was, feels like a very long time ago, but it was a huge part of my life. Really? Yeah. It's similar From like to me. 10, oh, 10 years okay. old. Yeah. I was a former competitive figure skater. So ah, yes, when I I've read seen. <laughs> I've seen your amazing videos on your Instagram. They're oh, incredible. <laughs> thank you. How do you think, because I, I always feel like for me, when I look back into how my athletic training parlayed over into what I do today, how do you feel? And obviously it's been many years, but like looking back, how has that discipline transitioned into what you do now and from like the initial career journey for you? Yeah, that's really interesting. I think about that quite a lot because, you know, as you experienced in your mm -hmm. training, 
it's very not it's not only physical mm-hmm. demanding it's also mentally and emotionally very demanding and it teaches you so much about discipline and pushing yourself and really you know being able to conquer so much mm-hmm. at such a young age especially that i think sometimes when you're that young doing doing uh whether it be dance or competitive you know um skating you actually don't really know what you're doing. Now that I look back, I'm like, wow, what I put myself through was incredible, what I accomplished. Mm -hmm. But I think what's really important from something like that is it did teach me a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, It also taught me a lot about discipline. Um, I have no problem of committing, like putting myself into something and committing and going through the different stages and understanding that I have to like learn and practice and uh, continue to like build on something. So Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely come from those dancing years um it's yeah it's it's I think it's the discipline that I've yeah. really taken from that and I will be extremely s- disciplined in the work that I'm doing so that's something I took from it for yeah. sure what did you can you share the journey afterwards so I'm sure that was like a big part of your childhood how about like transitioning into you know whether you went to school or like you know in your 20s as you were developing into your career what was that journey like Yeah, so that was an interesting transition. I mean, from five years old, I thought I was going to be a classical ballet dancer. I was so committed. I was so set. Uh, Dance was like my whole world. Um, Dance and theater and all of that, but really classical ballet and very much contemporary. I adored contemporary dance. And I was so set on Mm -hmm. that being my career. And then things that we don't need to go into, but like I had to make a a shift. I had to change. And I remember my parents were really good with this because they were a bit like, okay, don't worry. You're going to make a shift. That's totally fine. Mm -hmm. You can change direction. And this is what this looks like. You go to university, get more academics, get more of your studying done, which was great. And just gave me a bit of a base. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to make these, this transition much easier because I felt like I had a bit of structure around me, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was very much a case of being like, it's okay to change lanes. Mm -hmm. And that was something that took me a while to accept. You know, you're so set on something. Yeah. And you think, especially when you're younger, you think that because you've said you were going to do that, that that's what you've got to do. And so making those changes was hard, but accepting that it's okay to change direction, that it's okay mm-hmm. to change and develop and become, you know, you're, you're always growing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I went off to university. Um, I studied English and theater studies and film mm-hmm. studies. And so I stayed in that creative world, right. um, which was great. And then I was able to just make that transition a little easier. And then from there, I went into marketing. And okay. so that's, you know, that's quite a step from classical ballet to then into like more English, you know, major and theater and stuff to mm-hmm. then going into marketing. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of three, three careers in, <laughs> in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that you mentioned as well that it's important to be able to accept that you need to shift and adopt into something new if some, you know, if a certain chapter is kind of closing, right, yeah. or clearly shows like this isn't going to work. What was, like, you know, do you have any advice around that? Because that can be a big struggle for people, even when it's, like, simply from transitioning from college, university, to going into a full-time job. And, you know, you could remember a little bit of what it was like in your early mid-20s of, like, what am I doing with my life, right? Like, that is a common 
question a lot of girls will message on Instagram to me about. They're like, you know, all these different things. It's like the the dating life, the social life, the finances, the is this job fulfilling to me question, right? Like, how did you find that transition for you and maybe some tips around what helped you evolve in that process? Yeah, it's where to start. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's so much there. But I think, you know, that transition, especially from from university going into the workforce. Mm-hmm. First thing is do not worry if everyone else around you seems to have like got an internship or got a job or they seem to have their path like, you know, it's mapped out in front of them and they know what they're doing and you don't know, that's completely okay. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it's sometimes better mm-hmm. to not always know quite what you want, but to try a few things. I do think it's important to get out there and test some things. So Mm -hmm. especially in, you know, during your years at university, if you have the opportunity to take some internships and Mm -hmm. stuff during the summer, do it and try a bunch of different internships because you're going to learn so much, not only about the the potential industry that you're going into, but what that work environment looks like and, you know, what those other people are like. Mm -hmm. That's going to just teach you so much, not only about that sector or that company, but it's going to teach you so much about yourself. Mm. And so that gives you a little bit of a head start before you get out of university. And then when you get out of university, take your time. Mm-hmm. You, you know, there is no rush. I think everyone's very quick to, you know, be like, I got to get a job and I got to mm-hmm. get out there and I'm going to get set in my way and this is what I'm going to do. You, you don't need to do that. You yeah. can take your time. Apply for lots of different things. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I do think is really important, get out and go to as many interviews as mm-hmm. possible. Okay. What you learn in an interview with somebody um, is, is so important. Mm-hmm. You learn how to, first of all, get over your own nerves. Yeah. You learn what to say to other people. You learn how to engage. You 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 know they're going to ask you so many different questions yeah. and that's really yeah. important and the more you can just the more questions that you get asked the more you're going to be able to understand what you want right those questions that people ask in interviews whether it be you know like what are you looking for right. in a in a job or where do you see yourself in 5 years time yeah. or what is it that you're expecting from the work environment those are going to plant little seeds that get mm-hmm. you thinking mm-hmm. and by answering those questions you're able to start to determine inside what you what you really want mm-hmm. um so i do think getting out there and going to lots of interviews is is key meet as many people as you can mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to ask for someone's advice or input or for them to tell you about their experience. So, you know, if you're thinking of, I don't know, wanting to be, uh, do podcasts, you know, grab someone that has maybe done it before Mm -hmm. or reach out to someone, you know, I'm sure a lot of people do this for you. They reach out to you and like, (laughs) how did you get started? Stuff like that. Don't be afraid to ask questions Mm -hmm. and ask someone what their experience has been and Mm -hmm. what their advice would be. People love giving advice and they love talking about themselves (laughs) and talking about what they've achieved or, you know, and I just think the more you can absorb, the more you can hear and listen and experience the better. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have it all figured out. Yeah. No one has it all figured out. (laughs) You know, you see people's careers and you look back and you always hear that they achieved this, but my God, has there been a lot of failure along the way? My God, has there been so many changes in what they wanted to do? Right. And that's okay. Yeah. You just got to be open to that and be willing to like move forward. 
I want to dive into what I guess would be, correct me if I'm wrong, like the beginning of kind of your founder experience, which is with Wicker Woods Agency. Is that right? Yes. What was that process like in, in with like, did you have entrepreneurship experience prior or like what was kind of the catalyst in getting started in this agency? And then, of course, we'll talk about how you transitioned into what you do now. But I mm-hmm. think it's really fascinating that you started in this industry and I think looking back to kind of from your story, it sounds like there are a lot of moving pieces that really do add up to how you were skilled in, you know, branding and, and so forth. But I would love to kind of hear from from your end. Yeah. So, I mean, before I started um, an agency with a partner, I'd had a number of years in the industry working for various brands. So yeah. I'd always been in-house, right. um, always in the luxury and uh, premium space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't matter, though, whether I'd been with hotels and I had been with luxury brands. So I'd had a lot of experience in within those departments mm-hmm. and within those companies. So it definitely, I felt like I... You know, I'd had the experience to know what I knew, yeah. um, and I had a desire to go out there and do my own thing and take all this experience mm-hmm. and, you know, really be able to deliver for clients. So I would go from being in-house, mm-hmm. as we speak in marketing, to then being like, you know, being able to support those clients and be yeah. much more a service and agency-led. So I was very lucky, you know, um, I... This all came about at the same time that somebody I knew I had been work, uh, I had worked with in the industry before was also looking at doing the same thing, mm-hmm. and I have to say I do think partnerships are, I think they're great. Mm. They are challenging. Any partnership is challenging, but I do think if you're going into something, it is great to have a partner or a few partners that you can really work well with, uh-huh. and you've identified that you have different strengths. Hmm. that's really important where you are strong maybe they are weak and where they are strong you're Mm -hmm. weak that's really important to identify Um, and then you know that communication within your the partnership is really key Mm -hmm. but that's not just a partnership in work that's a partnership in friendships and and your romantic (laughs) partnerships communication (laughs) is the most important thing yeah but I do think it's good to do it with a partner or partners Um, you know it, it does help. Being an entrepreneur can be quite lonely and mm-hmm. there is so much to do when you're building mm-hmm. a company, whether that be a brand or an agency, whatever it may be. Yeah. There's a lot to do and you have to wear a lot of hats mm-hmm. and that's not always the easiest. Yeah. But I do think there there's great benefits in being an entrepreneur, but there's also great benefits in not being an entrepreneur and working yeah. within a company. Yeah. Um, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It isn't easy. Uh, You know, if you are really good at something, if you are, I used to say this quite a lot and, you know, I would never want to try and tell somebody not to go out and do their thing Mm -hmm. and be an entrepreneur because I do think it's a fantastic world. And if you have it inside you, you know, whether you do it for the whole of your career or you just try it once, it is an incredible thing being an entrepreneur, but it isn't easy. And if you are really good at what you do and you, you know, you go work for a great company. Right. Do your job. Close your laptop at the yeah. end of the day. <laughs> Don't have the worries of like running a company. Take whatever holiday they give you and yeah. enjoy it. And, you know, focus on what you love to do. Because right. being an entrepreneur and starting a company or a brand or an agency or whatever it may be, about 80% mm-hmm. of your job 
is doing a lot of stuff that you don't like. <laughs> and there's only about 20% which is doing what you really love or right. what you're really passionate about. Unless right. you can find the balance in that. And yeah. sometimes it's easier for certain entrepreneurs to be like, mm-hmm. no, I'm just going to focus on what I love. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just hire the other people to do the stuff right. I don't. Right. But especially with running an agency or a company, yeah. when you are at the top, you have to deal with the difficult stuff. Yeah. You have to deal with things that aren't so easy or maybe not what you want to do or you don't want to have to focus on the accounts or the cash flow or you don't have right. to deal, don't want to deal with the lawyers or yeah. writing the contracts or stuff like that. Yeah. It is very important that you know how to do it. Mm-hmm. it essential. Yeah. But sometimes you get pulled away from the stuff that you really love. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I went on and um, started a, an agency uh, with a partner, um, and we ran that for a number of years, mm-hmm. um, mo- mostly based in the UK and Europe, um, working on luxury and premium brands. Mm-hmm. That taught me so much, mm-hmm. not only about uh, you know marketing brands mm-hmm. and what goes into building a brand, um, mostly on the communication side and stuff. But we had I, we had the opportunity to do. Uh, to work with other founders and entrepreneurs who were starting things up and be mm-hmm. really um, part of that journey of building something. So that really excited me. And I and I very much loved that element of my work, which then took me on to what I do today. But um, I also learned a lot about running a team. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about management of clients, management of other people, of, you know, highs and lows, Mm -hmm. how you get through difficult times running a company. I learned a lot about partnerships um, and, and also what that, you know, when you're, when you run a company for that many years, you know, you also have life going on in the background (laughs) and things happen and things change. And, you know, where you were, you know, at the beginning, beginning, you know, six, seven, eight years on, you're a very different person. And things, you know, you have to, you have to adapt to that and manage that. And yeah, it's, it's a journey, but it's definitely something I would recommend if someone wants to really, but just be ready for some serious highs (laughs) and some serious lows. But it's, 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 Uh, it's great. What was the biggest takeaway you had from that company experience, whether it was having a partner or leading a team for the first time in that facet like what did you take anything of that into what you do now as well or just maybe general advice as well for entrepreneurs who are right now maybe experiencing okay I have to start to hire or you know maybe the difficulties of having a partner right it it is just like any relationship it's communication it's understanding how to not step on one another's toes Mm -hmm. building trust things like that any top tips you have from that experience that you could think of yeah a lot um (laughs) a lot so well first of all communication is key And as hard as those conversations might be, whether that's with your partner or with your senior team or with even, you know, the juniors, communication is key. And especially when you're running a team, sitting down with your with a team member who maybe is struggling and trying to understand where those struggles are coming from or Mm -hmm. where that where there's been a change in attitude or there's Mm -hmm. been a, you know, deliverables, timelines haven't been hit or something like that. Just sitting down being like, hey. What's going on? Mm-hmm. How can I help? I'm here trying to be as open as possible. Um, so that goes really down to communication and really yeah. listening to those people around you. I think the second thing that I definitely learned, I learned a lot about myself. And actually, I think this goes back to training as a dancer. Uh-huh. I can be a perfectionist. 
I am very particular. Yeah. And I expect not good. I expect excellent Mm -hmm. from myself. Yeah. And often I could be way too demanding on myself and also too demanding on the people around me. Okay. And I used to always say, you know, and I, I still think this is true, you're as good as the last thing you did, the last piece of work you put out, the last press release, the last project you mm-hmm. did. You're as good as that. So make sure that was the best thing you did. But I also learned that, you know, not everyone works at the same pace. Right. <laughs> and not everyone gets to the goal in the same way. Mm-hmm. But all that matters is that the goal was achieved. Okay. Whether you, you know, like they say, whether you went over the mountain, around the mountain, through the mountain, as long as you got to the other side. And everyone works in different ways. Yeah. And that is something that is really important to understand. But also make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that do work in a similar manner, mm-hmm. but that it's complementary yeah. and everyone can work together. Um, but that you do understand that not every, not everyone, you can't push people. And I think that came mm-hmm. from, and I'm sure you found this in your training as mm-hmm. well, because um, competitive skating is is very similar to, yeah. um, to dance, that you're pushed by your teacher or your trainer or your mm-hmm. coach. Mm-hmm. They want the best out of you. Yeah. And that's the, the, it can be the same in the work environment, but it's sometimes got to be done in a little bit more of a sensitive way than I, I think <laughs> how we were potentially shouted at in our I, training and I stuff agree. like that. I'm curious, a little bit as a tangent, but was that ever something that you noticed also in relationships outside of the, of the workforce where – you also, because you wanted the best for maybe it's like your partner or friends that you had that kind of drive to want to, you know, tell them almost like in that coach-like way. And if you did, did you find ways to kind of navigate those conversations better that wasn't too overwhelming? Yeah, I don't think I was... I think it was, I was very predominantly in my workspace. Okay. And, you know, okay. I definitely learned a lot over the years of of managing that and... But, you know, there's a there's a balance in the workplace of, like, when to handhold and then also when to be, like, you got to get on with this. Right. Like, you know, you're coaching and uh, mentoring, you know, a lot of people, especially, you know, I was chatting the other day. I still have – I kept it because I, I just – just such an amazing memory. A young girl emailed me wanting an internship. Mm-hmm. Took her on into an internship um, in one of the years between, like, one of her summer summers between um, university, mm-hmm. and she was great, really great. Went back to university to the point where I was like, "Why go back? Like, why don't you stay? You're so great." <laughs> anyway, she finished up university and she came back for another internship at the yeah. end of it, and we ended up offering her a job. And she, over the years, grew up to being, you know, an account manager. And she was so great the way she just took everything on. And she was so diligent and dedicated and disciplined in Mm. what she was doing. And she worked so well. It was an absolute joy to work with this girl. And it was just so wonderful reading her first internship letter, you know, (sighs) please, can I have an internship, you know, and where (laughs) she then got to. And, you know, there are times when when mentoring someone or coaching them or, you know, just being the leader of, of a company and really giving them as much time and support as you can when you handhold. And then there are other times where you have to be like back when we were being coached, right. kind of your coach is a bit like, you got to get on with this. Right. You got to figure this out. Right. Like, I can't I can't hold your hand the whole time. Right. Um, so there's that sort of, you know, 
tough love yeah that you know you really want to come from a good place but that can be hard on juniors especially when they're mm-hmm. just like I feel like she's just being so tough but it is because you want the best from them right and also right. if someone's paying you attention from a senior level mm-hmm. Take that as a huge compliment because they don't have to be. They don't have to be (laughs) spending any time with you. And if someone is taking their time and the effort and just giving you as much as they can, Mm -hmm. drink it in, absorb it, like really appreciate it um, and know that if they are being a little tough, it comes from a place of love because Mm -hmm. if they didn't didn't care, they're not going to give you that time. Yeah. Um, tough love can be hard for some people. It's really hard. It's really hard. And I used to be tough. Right. I used to be really tough. And so I've definitely had to soften and understand. But, you know, it's important. You said you mentioned something about hiring. Hiring is tough. Yeah. Don't be afraid to do a few interviews. Don't be afraid to ask a lot of questions when hiring someone. They should ask you questions, too. Yeah. So, you know, whether you're, you know, if you are, well, whichever side you're on, Ask as many questions as possible. This is an interview for both people. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that I think is key when hiring someone is, you know, have a trial period. Be Mm -hmm. like, listen, let's give this a month and let's see how it is. And let's in 30 days sit back down and communicate and say, this is what I'm finding. I'm enjoying this. I'm not enjoying that. Because that's really important. Yeah. Um, And also, if somebody doesn't work out, it's got no reflection on either one of you. Yeah. It wasn't quite right. It wasn't quite right. the right fit. Right. And it's better to let someone go, uh, you know, if they decide to, it's not working out. Mm-hmm. You'll find the right person that fits. Right. What's worse is when people stay in a company and then a, an, an atmosphere or a toxic environment starts yeah. to be created. That's not good. Yeah. So knowing when to sort of address issues like that yeah. is tough. But yeah, hiring... Hiring and firing is no joy, (laughs) but it is something as an entrepreneur that you have to get used to and Mm -hmm. know how to manage that correctly. Yeah. You know what's interesting when you were saying that? I feel like it's such a strong parallel between romantic relationships Mm -hmm. that we have, but we tend to feel less, take it less personal when it's in work Mm -hmm. than romantic relationships. Yeah. Yeah. When you're in a relationship and you sort of, I don't know, get turned down or you hear the, it's not you, it's me. I mean, it's hard. It's really hard. But it's totally like if somebody is going to stand there and say, look, it's not you, it's me. This isn't the right person for you anyway. Like you that it's better to know (laughs) that this isn't right and to walk away because the right person is out there. And it took me a really long time to understand that. there's 7 billion people on this planet. Yeah. There's going to be someone out there. Maybe there's more than one person, right, you know, right. but there's someone out there who is going to want to be in your life. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, you're not, not going to be perfect. And mm-hmm. they're not going to, they're going to love you for who you are. Yeah. Uh, that took me a long time to realize. Mm-hmm. A long time. And we'll definitely dive into romantic stuff for sure. Um, but I do want to dive into first the drink. Yes. Right here, what we have on camera for those watching on video. Um, we'll definitely try it. We'll sip on it while we well, talk about the story. You've told me you're a Mezcal fan, I so am. I'm really pleased. I am. So this is Mezcal Campante, which is an artisanal Mezcal, which okay. I really recommend people drinking. Um because artisanal mezcal is a handmade, crafted. Mm-hmm. Can you get the one? Yes. Yeah. So um, right. I'll be interested to know what you think, but you're a mezcal lover, so. 
It's very smooth. It It is smooth. Really smooth. You know, it's funny because, you know, I always prefer mezcal over tequila, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there's, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I do think there's a a huge trend around tequila. And I prefer vodka over tequila as well. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So I also like Herodin vodka. (laughs) A lot of people, um, a lot of people, you know, tequila has really changed over the last few years. And, Mm -hmm. you know, before you used to do tequila shots late at night, like it was horrible it wouldn't even be like 100 percent blue weber agave and it was like oh gross and you'd have such a bad hangover the next day and be like oh why did i do those shots of really bad tequila (laughs) thankfully there is now wonderful tequila on the market Mm -hmm. and you know they're incredible brands that have just opened up the agave spirit sector which is really interesting um and it's just great to see to see what's happened in the last in the last i'd say even you know 10, 10, 12 years has uh-huh. been incredible. Um, and through my career, I was really lucky. I got to work with some fantastic spirits brands and yeah. tequila brands. And so that's been great. But um, mezcal was always one that a lot of people didn't find so easy. Okay. Why normally, because it's it's very smoky. Okay. A lot of people didn't like the smoke. And okay. normally it's quite a high ABV. It's quite complex in yeah. its flavor profiles. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of people would gravitate to tequila. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe once in a while have a mezcal margarita or maybe if they're in Tulum or Oaxaca, you know, try some. <laughs> but it wasn't, and, and mixologists have always loved tequila because, um, sorry, mezcal, because of that beautiful smokiness. Right. So you would always see mezcal being used in great mixology places and mm-hmm. they'd always have a great cocktail and sometimes, a, you know, an interesting selection. But the consumer has definitely taken longer to, to adopt it. But I think now that you know, tequila has paved the way for other agave spirits. You're going to see some really interesting things come up. Yeah. But it's, mezcal is definitely having its moment. Uh Uh-huh. My relationship with agave spirits started a very long time ago. I was always a tequila girl. Okay. Always drank tequila. It was my thing. My friends all (laughs) thought I was absolutely crazy. They were all having vodka and gin and stuff like that. And I was like, nope, I'm tequila. One day you'll catch up with me. One day you'll realize that actually, you know, it's, if it's a hundred percent agave, then it's, then it's really good. Um, and you, you, well, as they like to say, you shouldn't have a hangover the next day right. if you're drinking it, you know, with no other sugars and things. So I was always a tequila girl. But okay. mezcal, I appreciated. Mm-hmm. I thought the process with artisanal mezcal was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my mother is is Mexican um, and well, was born there, grew up there, loves the country. I have lots of family and friends that live in Mexico. So I used to spend quite a bit of time there. Very cool. And so tequila and mezcal was always quite a central, central thing in life and culture and society and stuff. Yeah. But um, I found mezcal hard to drink. I didn't. I didn't drink mezcal. I right. would savor it. Okay. I would. Um, I would sip on it. I would. I'd nurse some mezcal. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was fascinated by the whole industry, and that's where my like passion started. Mm-hmm. And then I started going on a very deep journey into mezcal. <laughs> and this is where we are today with a beautiful mezcal brand that mm-hmm. has been a joy over the last few years to build. So yeah, that's great. What is the meaning behind the name? Ah, and Cam- also Campante. The sl- yes. Yeah. The slogan, give like the whole spiel about I it. I will. Yeah. So Campante, it means, um, 
it means to be happy, um, content, unconcerned, uh, very happy, content with yourself, like yeah. a deep peace. I relate to that. Yeah, which is nice, <laughs> isn't that, it? Related, it's yeah. really lovely. Yeah. Um, it was also a word that sounds so beautiful, campante, mm-hmm. to be campante. So uh, we gravitated towards that word because it also has... You know, you describe someone, mm-hmm. a human, as being campante. Mm-hmm. And I think that's lovely when a brand feels that there's a real human touch to it. Yeah. And people can relate to that word. And it is about a feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, you know, it's a feeling, a moment, a, a, a way of life to be mm-hmm. campante. You're mm-hmm. unconcerned, you're happy, you're content with mm-hmm. where you are. So that's where the name came from. Um, also, you know, it's quite easy to say campante, yeah. which is great. Um, so yeah, that's where that came from. Yeah, and your slogan, which is love, love hard, love hard, sip, sip slow. slow. Where yeah. did that come from? That came just as we were creating the brand. Mm-hmm. You know, as as you know, with brand development, you you spend a lot of hours sitting and talking about the things that are you know who your customer is. What are you mm-hmm. trying to achieve? What is this brand? What is this brand? Go- its vision, what's its mission, what do you yeah. want people to feel or think or, you know, do when they engage in this br- in, in a brand. During that whole brand development uh, phase, there was a lot of talk about, you know, what mezcal really is at the center of so much of mm-hmm. Mexican society and culture. Mm-hmm. You know, everywhere you go, when you go for lunch, when you go for a drink with a friend, when you go to a party, when you go to, you know, to the celebration of somebody's life, yeah. mezcal is always there. Okay. So, More so than tequila? Yeah, okay. I would say so. Okay. Um, cool. But tequilas are very present, but mezcal really is, is Got really it. there. Yeah. And so it's at the, it's at the center of so mm-hmm. much that's important in life. And what that does is it's bringing people together. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, so from that, that loving heart, I also think that came from, you know, myself and also the other partners. Mm-hmm. We love hard and one should love hard. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, what's that wonderful phrase of like, you know, to not love at all is like, yeah. you know, the greatest. That, that, like, Yeah, I read that before. It was like, I would rather like love and basically get hurt they yeah. like to not love at all yeah and I used to because I'm very kind of type a I used to like be very hard-headed or like stubborn with like you know if this is not working like you know you cut it off type of thing and it's yeah. like I had a friend that kind of told me that quote like you have to let yourself kind of live and go through the ebbs and flows yeah. and, and allow yourself to to love and be loved and kind of fall that you know what comes with that territory is also getting yeah. hurt as well so to love and be yeah. loved in return that's yeah. the biggest thing yeah. but we're a fool if we think we're not going to get hurt like right. one of the most incredible things is it, when you love hard you have to be fully open and vulnerable and and you're you may get hurt mm-hmm. but if you haven't even loved enough you're never going to know and right. i think look i was the same um I was very guarded and the moment <laughs> something didn't feel right, I'd be like, nope, nope, I'm out. Yeah. Not for me. Not for me. And, you know, I remember times when friends were like, oh, but he's so, he's nice. Just mm-hmm. date him for a bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, if I don't see anywhere this going anywhere, right. I'm not going to. I'd be very guarded I, w- with my partner now when we first started dating. I remember waking every single morning at the very beginning mm-hmm. and thinking, if it ends today, I've... I've been honest to myself. I've been totally true with this human and I have loved as hard as I could. Mm. And that's, 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 that's okay. And 
I kept waking up and again, the relationship kept going and it kept getting stronger and stronger. <laughs> and, you know, we're five, five years on. So, but I just was so honest with who I was and yeah. I wanted to show him. I was very much about at the beginning, I'm going to be me. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't like that, that's his problem. Yeah. And that was the first time in a relationship that I really took my, my, um, my shutters went, you know, my, my walls came down, my shutters went up. I was very, very open and yeah. I was willing to love as hard as I could and, and understand that I might get hurt, but I mm. wanted to throw myself into it. So I think going back to the love hard, like it's really important. Love your friends, love your family, yeah. love, love your partner, love this, this life that we have mm-hmm. because it could all change very quickly. Mm-hmm. And the sip slow um, comes from sip slow, like take in this moment. Mm-hmm. There's no rush. I think, you know, after the last few years of what we've all gone through of a pandemic and, you know, we were taught, we kind of were given a timeout and we had to sit there and we had to say, okay, hang on, what's important? And mm-hmm. I think coming out of it, we've all figured out what is important to us mm-hmm. and taking a moment to appreciate the friends and the family and the moment that you're in yeah. is really important. Um, and also, you know, sip mezcal slowly, enjoy it, savor these moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk very much about the time being now. Um, and that's not only a reflection of the time being now for like mezcal and, you know, this category and everything, but the time being now of what we want to achieve. Like yeah. think about now. Don't always constantly be thinking about, but hang on, but what, but what about in a week's time, in a month's right. time, in five years time? Think mm-hmm. about now and where you are and being present. As most of you have probably heard for a while now, I've been consistently drinking Magic Mind because not only does it taste so good, especially if you love a hint of matcha flavor, but this stuff helps me get into my flow state and I always feel a stronger sense of focus, which makes sense since it is a productivity drink. While I love coffee and I do make it every morning, when it comes to preparing for my workflow or wanting something to sip on before I get into my work, I always choose Magic Mind because, like I said, it helps me get into my flow state and it makes me feel more focused and productive. The best part is that it is all natural and I'm going to share with you a few key facts and ingredients. Number one, it is known to increase and improve productivity. It has very little caffeine and it only comes from matcha tea. It's a great alternative for coffee if you drink coffee for energy and focus. For me, like I said, I drink it more for just the pleasure of making coffee. So this one is definitely a better alternative if you prefer more of an energy-focused drink. It helps fight off fatigue and brain fog as well as some ADD symptoms. And lastly, it is all natural ingredients including adaptogens, matcha, and nootropics. If you've been considering it for a while, I highly, highly recommend you give this a try. I drink this every single day, no joke, and it comes in a box of 15 and I like it so much sometimes I drink two in a day, but disclaimer, it is not recommended. They do recommend one, but I just truly love it so much. And even better, you can enjoy 20% off your purchase with the code FULFILL at magicmind.co slash fulfill during checkout. That's fulfill, F-U-L-F-I-L-L at magicmind.co slash fulfill. Mm, was that ever a struggle for you? As mm. I don't know. I feel like we have similar personalities or frameworks in a way as businesswomen. And, you know, when you run a company, I think you have to think in a certain style, but was that ever a struggle for you to kind of pull back from thinking in the future too much? Yeah, of <laughs> and course. Any advice I mean, that? of course. <laughs> you know, I say this to a lot of friends and I've even had to do it. When you get into an amazing relationship, mm-hmm. you know, everyone 
um, I'll start with relationships and then move into business because, yeah. you know, when you get into a relationship, the first thing everyone says is like, oh, you're going to get married. And you're like, oh my God. I, people used to say this and I'd be like, absolutely. Well, now because you've said that, no, please stop putting pressure on this relationship. Yeah. Whereas before the wheels in my head would be going and I'd be like, oh, well, uh, might, might this person be the one I'm going to get married? You don't even need to think yet about that. Just mm. appreciate right now. <laughs> Stop jumping ahead to like, you know, you know, five years time. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoy what you have right now. But it is important to think ahead. Right. So you have to, you know, you have to balance that quite carefully. And the same is with, in business. Right. You need to look at what's going on right now and be present and take every day and really, but you also do need to make sure that you are thinking about what the next year and the three year right. and the five year plan for business is. Right. Now it can change, yes. but you do have to have a little bit, you have to have a plan yeah. of some regard, but it doesn't have to be, and this is where my perfectionist, yeah. the perfectionism comes out is I'd always be like, but it has to be so detailed. No, you don't need to know all the details. Right. You just got to have a little bit of an idea of where you're going and got the direction. Yeah. And it, that can Correct. change. Yep. And that's okay. Especially when you start working with partners and investors. Mm -hmm. You know, investors want to see a five, yep. eight, ten year plan, yeah. but you are not going to know all the details. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You've just got to have thought through enough that people are like, okay, I see that plan. Right. And that also when you're in a relationship, especially early days, don't yeah. put pressure. Let yeah. yourself be. There is no right or wrong relationship with regard of like I believe there is no right or wrong way of being in a relationship. Yeah. If you decide to get married or you don't decide to get married, that is completely mm -hmm. up to the two of you. Yeah. What is important is the communication that came in between that of being like, what's important to your partner? Maybe right. that partner does want to get married. Well, what yeah. does that mean to you and what does that mean to them? And understanding that. But there's no you know, there's throw that checklist away. Like yeah. so many people are like, okay, we're going to, you know, get engaged then and then we're going to get married. And then like, you know, and they have this checklist in their head. Right. If that is important to you, then fine. But you have to communicate that to the other partner so that yeah. they're on the same page. Yeah. But also life isn't about a bunch of checklists. Right. It's, you know, it's going to, life is going to change and it's going to throw stuff at you mm -hmm. and things are going to come up. And the most important thing between you and your partner, whether that be in business or in a relationship, is that you guys are on the same page mm -hmm. and you're understanding weathering whatever's going on or getting through or moving in the right direction, the mm -hmm. same direction. Mm -hmm. Because the moment you start pulling each other in different directions is when it goes wrong. Yeah. Very much so in both work and work and relationships, mm -hmm. for sure. I saw in an article that you mentioned, uh, you know, when asked who you are most grateful for, you said your partner in life and business. And interestingly enough, when I read this too, this was at a time recently, obviously, but I realized this seems to be a consistent response or like a common denominator, if you will, amongst a lot of successful people I have read or observed, even like, you know, I was a former tennis player as, as well. And when I would watch some of their interviews and who they're thanking. Uh, Roger Federer, for example, he recently, when he announced his retirement, I saw in that letter, he, he he thanked his wife first. And I even made note of that on my Instagram saying, you know, it's pretty incredible how it's a very common theme that they're always thanking their partner. Mm. And that's why when I saw you say that, I was like, this is so interesting to me. And I feel like I've had conversations with younger people as well where there's a struggle right now, or not just right now, but I think in general, when you're very ambitious or driven towards your own vision, your own dreams, you often get 
it mixed up as if you can't have both Mm -hmm. or you can't have quality time with, you know, a certain person or have a relationship. You know, today's dating culture is like, I'm not looking for anything serious. Like I'm I'm focused on this, whatever. Right. And it's interesting to me because I feel like you, you actually, even from personal experience, you actually thrive more when you have a quality partner alongside with you because you start to it just I don't know like it gives you a better and different energy in your own work and I have felt that myself but I'm curious to hear from your experience because we talked about it earlier that you once thought you know hey I gotta be laser focused I can't have time for dating and I definitely thought that myself before too so I'm curious to know your thoughts yeah so yeah I'm very very thankful to my partner Mm -hmm. uh, for many things for teaching me a huge amount Mm -hmm. just about partnerships about myself about a lot I mean how it's taught me so much about business Mm -hmm. um and what I wanted what I what I see success as being and how to navigate things Mm -hmm. that he thinks in a very different way to me Mm -hmm. and that has its challenges but it also makes me see things in different ways Mm -hmm. and he'll say something and I'll be like I'll be like, how can you even like see it that way or think that way? Or how did you even get to that point? And that's what's really great about a partner is making sure that you both are able to challenge each other, but then also open each other's eyes um, and do that in a way that doesn't, you know, in any way make the other partner feel inferior or Mm -hmm. patronized or, you know, unintelligent or anything. You, You need to be able to have that line of communication and an open dialogue where you can really push each other. He's definitely pushed my boundaries mm-hmm. for sure. Um, there were, I, there are so many things that I wouldn't have done or wouldn't mm-hmm. even thought about, or I would have done in a completely different way. And I think that's very important from a partner. Yeah. But one thing that's also important is that you talked about, you talked about in your question about about time. Yeah. Before I would work all the time. Yeah. I'd work on the weekends. I'd work all the time. And no, I would wake up at, you know, my first emails would go out at 536, which yeah. is my team used to hate. So I had to always like pull back on that. And yeah. I would like set a thing because I just, I had no off right. switch. Right. And going into a partnership, I suddenly had a reason for having an off switch. And that was so wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I did struggle at the beginning because I was like, hang on a minute, I'm meant to be working in these hours. Yeah. And instead, I'm sitting here on the sofa watching Netflix with him or yeah. I'm going off or, <laughs> you know, and and there is a little bit of at the beginning of like, oh, I don't want to say guilt. You feel guilty that you're maybe not at your, your laptop or you're not working. But what you need to readdress there and learn is that is time management. Mm-hmm. Section your time. Communicate with your partner that I, you know, I need to get some hours of work done this this Saturday morning, yeah. but I'm going to work from, you know, 10 until 12 and then let's go and have lunch together. Because yeah. not only is that good for you, yeah. also when you set time periods like that and you have like a default diary where you're like, this is what I'm going to do in this section and this is what I'm going to do, you work so much better. That's true. If you sit down yes. at your desk and you know you've got eight hours in front of you, you yes. will do a little bit of this and then you'll do that and then you'll get distracted and like so setting time slots is really important because then also you then have that dedicated time where you're like we have lunch we're gonna go out for two hours it's just gonna be the two of us and it will also stop you picking up your phone so much yeah uh you'll be like i've got two hours with him and concentrated time where it's it's 
rich time together mm-hmm. is way more important. Yeah. Um, and also talking to them about some of the issues you're having. I do, though, believe, and this has taken me a long time to understand, there are certain conversations that you and your partner can have about work. Right. And then there's other stuff that you should go and talk to somebody else about. Okay. You know, go yeah. and get advice from – it took me a long time to realize how important mentors and advisors are. Mm. It is okay to ask millions of questions. Mm. It is okay to not have the answers. Now, yeah. that was something I really took me a long time to learn. But it's okay to go to somebody and say, hey, I'd love to pick your brains on this for a mm. moment. Can I get some um, expertise or some advice? And pull that from there and then go back and talk to your partner about mm-hmm. it. Because often if you overload a, a relationship, yeah. that can be a bit of a struggle. So you got to right. figure out that balance. But um, – you know, having a partner that I could navigate life and work with, I think, is one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given. You mentioned that, you know, when prior, when you were younger, obviously, like myself, you know, that there's this belief of kind of being laser focused and maybe not even being able to like allow yourself to make time to date Looking back, let's say there is a girl listening right now or even a guy that thinks like, hey, I just can't allocate my energy to that because then it'll take my focus away from my career, for example. Uh, What is your take on that now? (laughs) Well, you know... You do need to there there is a period of time where you will just put your head down and work and work and and mm-hmm. and that is important. Yeah. If you're building something, you have to put in the hours. Yeah. But the only thing I will say is don't don't let those years go past you. They mm-hmm. meeting people is one of the most enriching things that us as humans can do mm-hmm. is engaging and connecting and meeting other people. And you never know what's going to come from meeting someone, Mm -hmm. whether that's going to be romantic or not. They could become the greatest friend you've ever had. They could also become, they could also connect you to something that like opens up your career in a different way. They could be your next job. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you never know where someone's going to go. I remember a friend used to say, she was like, I go on every single date that I'm ever invited on. And I was like, gosh, that's exhausting. Like, (laughs) you know, do you, how do you even have time? She was like, no, because you never know who that person's going to be. You're going to have an experience. And hey, you may fall in love with the waiter or his brother. You never know. Like the opportunity (laughs) like there. So it's the same with, you know, any meeting or interview you're ever, well, every, any interview you're ever offered, go to it mm-hmm. for the experience, for, you know, what might come. Um, and also, if you make an impact on someone, wh- whatever that might be, mm-hmm. it there's nothing more beautiful than leaving, an you know, an imprint on someone's life, yeah. um, whether that be a our dinner that you have and then you never see that person again, mm-hmm. but or, you know, you you end up being the closest of friends and that's where it started or yeah. the best of lovers and that's where it started. That's that's a human connection and that that's important. Yeah. But it's hard when you're so focused and I know what that feeling is yeah. and I know what that time period feels like and you're just like, well, I have no time for anything else. It is important to just step away a little and go on mm-hmm. those. You know, I've, I, I remember weddings I didn't go to and I like oh, of friends wow. because I was working. <laughs> And some I don't even remember and I don't, you know, don't even think twice. But there are a few that I'm like, 
I didn't make it to their wedding. And that's <laughs> not okay. Right. Or I didn't make it. I didn't go on that holiday with really good friends because I had to work. Or I didn't make it to that birthday dinner. Mm. Some things you can miss and you won't even right. think about. And right. that's fine. But there are going to be things that you miss. And you are going to, I don't want to say regret. Right. But you're going to have missed out. And you're going to remember that. Yeah. And so that's, you got to balance that. Yeah. If you had one piece of advice for young women right now listening when it comes to balancing, whether it's dating or a a real relationship with other areas of their life, like a career, what would that be? Advice around balance. Um, I think my best piece of advice would be, and I said it before, and I know it sounds so simple, but it's communication. Mm -hmm. Communicating with your partner or with your boss or your colleagues or your business partner is so important Mm -hmm. because sometimes, no, not even sometimes, often Mm -hmm. silence seems like it's something completely different or, you know, uh, not saying something or actions or can be totally misread. Yeah. And they can be misunderstood, perceived as something completely different than what you actually meant. Mm -hmm. And I think communicating with people really helps with the balance. So just going back to something I said before, you're in a relationship, but you've got a lot of work on right now Mm -hmm. and you're trying to build something or you just, you know, it's just that time when you've just got so much on your plate communicating with your partner and being like, I need three hours today to get through this. Mm -hmm. Not only is that good for you. It's good for them. Yeah. It balances it and makes it makes you be able to sit there and go, okay, I've got three hours to get this done. You're gonna put your head down, you're gonna do it. And there's a bit and then there's the reward at the end. Mm-hmm. I get some time with my partner. Mm-hmm. I get some time to me or whatever that might be. Yeah. So that balance is really important. So I'd say communication is one of the most you know, because then if you're like always on your laptop, your partner's like, oh, you're always on your laptop. You're always working. Right. Instead of just being like, I have to get this work done, they then respect that. Yeah. They give you the space. You can then focus, and at the end of it, you can have a glass of wine and, or a glass of mezcal, sorry, <laughs> mezcal cocktail and That's sit true. back and, and, and have time together. Yeah. So I'd say getting that balance, it comes down to communication. Mm-hmm. So your boss, you need Friday off. Communicate yeah. with that. Yeah. We, we now live in a world where, you know, now people are doing four-day work weeks, yep. which is incredible. Mm-hmm. But communicating with your boss and saying... I need this day off or I'm not going to be in till 10 or I'm going to have to leave early that day because of X, Y, and Z. They don't mind that as long as you've communicated because at the end of the day, you know, balance is so important Mm -hmm. and uh, a healthy, healthy team member or employee or, you know, business partner, whatever it might be is better than an overworked, overstressed. Um, So that's what I would say is, is communication. And yeah, I, I think Communicating, if I'd known that a lot younger, <laughs> I think certain certain things that I've had to go through or ups and downs would have maybe been easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so communication, as yeah. hard as that is as well. Right. There are times where you do not want to say anything. Right. You have to sit down and you have to talk about something that's not easy. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. But you got to put it out there. I've heard that often too. Communication. It's, it's very just, key. It solves a lot of problems. Yeah. It, it really does because <laughs> silence often – you don't know what someone's thinking right. when they're silent right. or they haven't responded yeah. or they didn't come in and, and they didn't tell you that they were going to be late coming in. Right. You just don't know. Right. 
Whereas if they tell you, even if it's just like, I'm just going to be late. You don't have to give a reason. Yeah. I'm just going to be in yeah. at 10, 10 a.m. Yeah. Also, it's funny. As a, as a woman, a guy wouldn't say, oh, I'm going to be late today. They'd just be like, I'm getting in at this time. It's often a different approach. Right. We as women will f- apologize a lot. That's true. That is true. Oh, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to have to leave early to, right. today. I have to leave early today. Yeah. I'll get everything done. I hope that's okay. Yeah. It's a different approach. And I think that also we 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 apologize so much that, that we internalize that. And we're mm-hmm. constantly saying sorry. We don't need to. Yeah. Just be clear and direct. I mean, you're an A-type, so am I. So, like, <laughs> just be clear, direct, and say what you mean. Yeah. And then no one knows anything different. Yeah, so exactly. That would be my advice is communication. Just a few questions for the end of this. Um, okay, do you want to pick one from... Yours. Oh, yes, because we have ours as well. Yes, so, so we'll okay. do like one or maybe okay, two I'll of each. first on, on your side. Okay. Would you rather be crazy rich or deeply in love and why? <laughs> that is tough. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Can I be, can I be like deeply in love and crazy rich from all my hard work? Um, you know, that's a really hard one. It's It's very difficult because... As you get older, you start to think a lot more about the, you know, the life that you're building Mm -hmm. and what's important. And, you know, having a home and having Mm -hmm. a car and all of these kind of things are really important. But none of that means anything without love. I could not agree more. So it is tough because and I think this is something going back down to back to relationships and like what you're looking for. Communicating and understanding what the life is that you two want to build Mm -hmm. is really important. And understanding what makes you happy as a couple. If one of you is happy living in a $10 million house and the other one that doesn't matter to, mm-hmm. that you need to figure out. Right. Because you're going to be striving for something that that person, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Unless they're like, well, if that makes you happy, then I will come in on this you know, path and this dream of yours. Then, that, right. then, then you're communicating. Yes. But if that means something to you and it doesn't mean anything to the other, that you, you've got to try and figure out. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of the um, five languages of love? Yes. Okay. So I'm a firm believer that this is really important. Yes. And already that brings down some barriers of like understanding communication. Yes. What you speak with, what they speak with, what you give with can mm-hmm. be very different. And understanding that's key. But, you know, you can have everything in the world, but if you don't have, if you don't have love, mm-hmm. then what, what's the point? I could not, so you know, ironically, that's exactly why I named this What Fulfills You, because I had that epiphany at a young age because of a breakup, but um, I always just, I realized at a young age that quality relationships is the foundation of our, what makes life fulfilling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and those quality relationships can be so many different things and they should be. Mm-hmm. I think as I get older and as I see my parents getting older. I just want to spend so much more time with them mm-hmm. and just have those moments of quality time together. Yeah. Okay, what are you going to pick from okay. our cards? What would you sing at karaoke night? <laughs> what would you sing at karaoke night? <laughs> okay, I'd probably sing Love Story by Taylor Swift. Nice. Yeah, she's actually, fun fact, from my hometown. Is she? She is. Okay, that, well, that's a great karaoke yeah, song. Yeah, it's a classic. So I just... That is a classic. That's a good one. <laughs> Okay, last question. Yes. Something I ask every guest on this show, but we talked about a lot of different topics today. But what would you say ultimately fulfills you in life? 
Oh, it's so, it, you know, I know you asked this question. So I had like thought about it so much, but now being, now you asking it, <laughs> you know, you suddenly have that moment. And I think it, this kind of goes back to something I said at the, at the beginning when we were talking about like advice that I could give to mm-hmm. anyone transitioning from university into the workforce of like going out there, doing as many interviews as possible, being asked as many questions as possible. Because sometimes you think you know the answer to a question mm-hmm. and then you're in that moment and it gets asked. And your whole gut instinct is to say something completely different. Mm -hmm. And I'm a firm believer that you must listen to your gut. Like, if you don't feel right about something, then don't do it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, what, back to your question, what fulfills me? I am fulfilled very much by. This is going to sound, I think this is going to sound really strange because it wasn't what I was going to say originally, but I'm fulfilled by knowing that I am building something. Mm-hmm. And that building of something is not only building a brand, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of love and passion and hard work goes into building a brand. Yeah, Building a mezcal brand has been, you know, is is very fulfilling. It is also unbelievably difficult Mm -hmm. and it's not simple and building anything is not simple but it's fulfilling in is that although there are times where I'm at an utter high and this is just being an entrepreneur this happens one Mm -hmm. moment you're on top of the world Mm -hmm. and literally within five seconds something can happen and you're like at the deepest lowest moment of just being like oh my gosh what is going on Mm -hmm. but you still wake up every day and although you may be anxious and nervous about cash flows and tax returns and all of this kind of stuff, you're still fulfilled. There's something that's, that's, and I think it's the building, but it's not only the building of a, of a business or a brand or a company. Mm -hmm. It's the building of what you're building with your partner. There's or your relationships. What Mm -hmm. are you building? Yeah. And also what are you building inside yourself? Because you are, you yourself are a project that will never be finished Mm -hmm. and you have to constantly be evolving. And however you want to evolve, like, you know, I have a lot of friends who, um, you know, have one, fantastic therapists that they talk to and they're constantly self-improving and building. Wh- however you do it, whether it's with somebody else who's helping guiding you or just in yourself mm-hmm. and you know that you're building and trying to advance, that that fulfills me. And is knowing that I am building something, whether that be in business, in my relationship or within myself, that fulfills me. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Wow. I was not going to say that. That's so interesting. <laughs> oh, amazing. That's a great place to end this show. Well, uh, thank you again thank you. for joining me. Where can everyone find Mezcal Compante and share where they can find you, the social media, all of that good stuff? Yeah. So, well, you can buy it online. We have okay. a great e-commerce, a really great online Perfect. store, which um, is is great because a lot of, you know, before a lot of alcohol brands didn't sell online. It wasn't mm-hmm. something they did. And now, especially, you know, from the pandemic and post-pandemic, people are much more willing to buy online and, yeah. and especially a, a brand. Well, the one thing I can say is that we see this again and again. People really, are, they, they gravitate towards it, you know, beautiful branding, but they don't know what the liquid tastes like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, I can say that Campante is a really 
great mezcal that's very, very easy to drink. So mm-hmm. get it home, enjoy it, drink mm-hmm. with your friends, you'll really enjoy it. But yes, our our e-commerce store, shopmezcalcampante.com is perfect. perfect place. It arrives within about two to three days, depending on where you are. Very easy, comes in a beautiful package as well. We try to make yeah. sure that the whole experience is really well thought through. Um, and then you can follow us on our website and our social media as well. So Mezcal Campante. Amazing. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much, Emily. <laughs> this was This was really great. And that is all for today's episode with Shirley Leigh Wood Oaks, the partner and CEO of Mezcal Compante. I really hope you found something valuable from this conversation. I certainly had quite a few. I took notes when I was re-listening to the conversation and during the editing, and I was like, you know, I that is so true. Um, so if you enjoyed this, as always, I really appreciate it when you share this on your Instagram story and tag at what fulfills you and myself at Emily E. Duong. It really makes my day to see that you guys are tuning in, that the podcast is bringing you value. And as always, you know, the DMs are always open. So if you want to chat about the episode or anything that you've been loving or wish there was more of on this podcast, please be sure to reach out in my DMs. You can message me on the podcast Instagram at what fulfills you. And lastly, before you head out, today is the official launch of new What Fulfills You merch, starting with new hats. They are so chic, you guys, and they're perfect because whenever I need something just to cover my hair because it's like a second or third day hair and it's not looking so hot, I have been wearing hats all season. But at the same time, I do love to dress with intention. I love to wear something that really speaks to my essence and so a Yankees hat just wasn't cutting it and so I created the what fulfills you hat which hopefully can spark some interesting conversations if you are wearing this out and about especially here in New York or wherever you are uh, hopefully someone could you know maybe be like whoa that is a really interesting question because quite frankly that happened to me when I was wearing the crew neck share the story on Instagram before. But anyways, the new merch, it's available on whatfulfillsyou.com, super limited quantity and very limited quantity in each color. So definitely check it out. Again, whatfulfillsyou.com. Thanks again for tuning in today. I would chat with you all in the next episode.